You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. This is the Leaf Sky Podcast. Here's your host, Jim Taddy. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Episode 6 of Leaf Sky. Jim Taddy with you. Coming up on the broadcast, we will have Terry Koshan from the Toronto Sun and Bob McGill, former Leafs defenseman, now employed by the TV station Leafs Nation Network. So both have different looks on the Leafs run. They've won four straight, sit at 7-2, and two, and things are pretty good for the Leafs. Before we get there, football fans, the moment you've been waiting for all season is right around the corner, and DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of Super Bowl 55, is bringing back their golden ticket giveaway with up to $55 million in prizes up for grabs. All you have to do to get your share of these huge prizes is enter DraftKings' free Super Bowl prediction challenge. Once you submit your picks, you'll get a free instant prize up to $25,000. And if you have the most predictions correct, you could win the top prize of $1 million. Download the app now, enter the free prediction challenge, answer questions like who will score last, and boom! Get ready to make it rain. DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion to its players since 2012. They know a thing or two about big paydays. Download the DraftKings app now. Use the promo code THPN and enter the free $55 million Super Bowl prediction challenge. Everybody gets an instant prize up to $25,000 just for playing. So use promo chip THPN now and enter the free $55 million Super Bowl challenge only at DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of Super Bowl 55. Terms, conditions, and eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Okay, let's get back to the Leafs. Later on in the broadcast, we'll also hand out the Yes Guy, No Guy awards, but I have to tell you, since they've won four straight, no no guy awards, just all yes guy. This is a very positive picture. Uh, it's interesting to watch the Leafs play. So four straight wins going back to a win at home to Edmonton, two in Calgary, and uh, Thursday night in Edmonton. They complete their Alberta swing Saturday in Edmonton, then come home for three against Vancouver. But when you watch them play, this team has a legitimate look about it. It does things at the right time, the right things at the right time, which wasn't always the case. Last year, they seemed to be searching, and and the previous seasons seemed to be looking for the formula, and it looks like they've got really good chemistry and the formula, and they know exactly what to do to win a hockey game. They bend, but they don't break. In fact, if you're watching the Thursday game where the Leafs are in Edmonton, it was like the Oilers reminded me of what the Leafs used to be, where they've got this top-end talent, and they try to ride that to victory, and the top-end talent is magnificent. Don't get me wrong, but it's not... The solid team effort. The Leafs have that. They got timely contributions last night, uh, Thursday night, from Jason Spezza to open the scoring, who might have contributed. Just let me look at his uh, ice time here. Jason Spezza, 9.53 in the game against Edmonton. Uh, this was a very efficient 9.53 of play. And also Wayne Simmons on a roll lately. And Austin Matthews just bore down on a power play and ripped a very heavy shot for the game winner. This team looks really, really good. Add in Freddie Anderson, who's been playing well. The big guns firing. The support players doing very well. And all of a sudden, this team looks good. Now, anybody looks good when you win four straight. Where does it go? Well, we're going to find out. Let's bring in our first guest from the Toronto Sun, Terry Koshan. (laughs) 
Jerry, the uh, Leafs on a roll. They've won four straight. When you watch them play, and, and going back to what you saw a year ago or even in the previous years, how different is this team? Well, there's a maturity level now that I don't think was there before, Jim. And, uh, you know, it comes with the growth of, of each player individually and, uh, you know, the, the pieces that are added around them. Um, one thing I've, I've been impressed by, the last two wins in particular, is – you know, the Flames first on uh, Tuesday night and then the Oilers last night uh, tied the game in the third period and, you know, quote unquote, could have gone either way at that point. Well, the way it went in both games was in the least favor. In fact, uh, you know, in both instances, the uh, the winning goal was scored within two or three minutes. And I don't know that you see that out of this team in the past. Well, we, we didn't see it regularly, that's for sure. But I, I just think that that's, you know, um, there's just there just seems to be a different mentality right now, and, and yes, you can say that part of it is is what some of these newer older players have brought in, but I also think the majority of it has to do with the maturity of the younger guys, and uh, um, you know just just coming through when when they have to, and and uh, you know Keith noted it the other night that the best players came through and in the crunch, and uh, you know that's what we're seeing with this team. Yeah, I'm going to throw a couple of terms at you. They bend, but they don't break. They do the right things at the right time. And I totally agree with the maturity. And uh, yeah. they seem to know, like they've learned their lesson. So I'm going to go back to a goal, uh, Marner to Matthews, power play goal, 2 uh, nothing for the Leafs in their last game in Calgary that they won 4-3. Now that pass was a laser pass. Yeah. How many times did were you sitting in the press box where you, start, you saw them try to burn that pass through four sticks and it never got there. Mm-hmm. So they're doing what they did before, but but they know how to do it now, don't they? Yeah, and, and again, that comes with maturity. I mean, you, you know, it's not going to work for you right off the bat. And, uh, you know, even in even in a season like this, um, you know, one thing Keith keeps saying, and it's true, is they don't they didn't have the exhibition games to get going. And they're, they're kind of working at the kinks now. And that not only applies to the people who are being worked in on the fourth line, but everybody else. And, uh you know, um, I, I just think you're going to see that growth continue. I, I, don't, I don't see any reason why that would necessarily drop off with those guys and, and figuring out what to do in those specific plays. Is it always going to work? No. Uh, but they, they're getting around uh, the obstacles now, like you say, and they are making it work. And um, each time it does, it just adds a little bit more to your to your confidence. And Jason Spezza was talking about it last night after the game, Jim, and he was saying that uh, – you know, winning breeds confidence, confidence breeds winning, and it just goes hand-in-hand for this team right now. Well, and they have the look. I mean, uh, you know, yeah. even though that, that game was totally negotiable Thursday night in Edmonton, uh, as I watched the Leafs play, I thought they're, they're going to win this game because they look like the winning team. Would you agree? Yeah, and, you know, it was funny. Halfway through the game, they had, I think, maybe a dozen shots on net. It wasn't a lot. And it was one of those games where if you were just looking at, I think maybe by then, Oilers had 15 or so, but, if you just look at the shot clock, you would have thought, you know, things weren't good for the Leafs. But I, I never had a feeling last night, really, that they were going to lose. I didn't see the Oilers doing much at five on five and, and this sort of thing. And and there just wasn't a, a, a real push from Edmonton like I thought we, we might have seen. I mean, when you have two of the best players in the world, uh, they just didn't have that uh, organization or desire about them tonight. And last night, and the Leafs did. And, and I think that, uh, you know, again, it, it's – you're continuing on a road trip. It's, 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 it's odd for everybody. I get that, but uh, they're doing new things on the road right now. And here they are, you know, three games and, and they've won three of them. So, um, but last night specifically, I, I just, you know, I think the shots were a little more even than it, than it seemed the zone time was, but um, yeah, there, I never had a feeling that the Leafs were in trouble to be quite honest. Yeah. 
Um, you know, let's go through this section by section. So with the forwards, the core guys have matured. There's no question about that. Stepping mm -hmm. up, but um, the support guys like Simmons, three straight games with goals, knows exactly what to do, yeah. up front presence, and Spezza, perhaps the most efficient nine and a half minutes you're going to get out of anybody. He contributes all over the place. And so if one of our callers is phoning in, <laughs> but Spence is contributing all over the ice. I mean, this is a this is a nice chemistry mix, isn't it? It is. And you know what? I, I, Spezza on the ice is great, but also understanding the role now and knowing that, you know, in and out of the lineup, and, and we'll see how that long, how long, how long that continues with him. But if he's doing it, this veteran, this 37-year-old, the other guys are gonna follow and he, and he doesn't have a problem with it. Does he like it 100%? No, because anybody, you know, worth their salt and, you know, with the desire that he has wants to be in there every night. But he accepts that role. And, uh, you know, Jason Spezza will, will never be and has never been confused the fastest player in the league, Jim. But, boy, I would take his brain in a minute and uh, his ability to put the puck on other people's uh, uh, sticks. And there's just there's just um, there's a real determination. It's not a guy who, you know, is re-signed here and wants to win a Stanley Cup in his hometown and is, you know, obviously not willing to let the core of the, the, the team do their work um, and sit back and watch that. He's fully invested in this. And uh, you know what? Maybe the night off Tuesday night did him well because he didn't play a ton last night, but uh, he did look good for, like you say, for every minute he was on the ice. Well, and the other bonus, we're talking about uh, the bottom six forwards, and and that may have been a void in the past. I throw If I, if I put Kerfoot in with Simmons and Spezza, to know that you could have – uh, three guys that you could count on on two lines, and there are other people that, that do a job as well, but these are the core guys in those bottom two lines. If you know you're going to get a regular contribution and, and great execution out of those guys, that could be a sway in a playoff series. Oh, completely it could. And we're talking about this now, uh, nine games in. You know, think about the chemistry and the confidence that that group will have toward games 50 through 56 as this thing is finishing. Um, are the Leafs going to keep winning seven every out of nine games? I don't think so. That's that's a heck of a, uh, a pace to sustain. But I just think they're going to grow and be that much better. And I think that's one thing we should consider here too, Jim, and all of this is, um, again, no exhibition games. So a lot of the things you could have worked out and, and got accustomed to and everything else, people moving in and out of the lineup, in that usual two-week period, you know, the Leafs didn't have and no other team had, but they've been able to get through it. And when you can have, like you mentioned, those three veterans out there in that grouping, and then, you know, Travis Boyd adds a burst. Adam Brooks comes in and plays well. Obviously, we I don't think we've seen the best of Alexander Barabanov yet, certainly not the player the Leafs thought they were signing uh, out of the KHL. So there really is a lot to like there. Joey Anderson, um, you know, these people you can move in and out. And, you know, you're setting yourself up well, too, if, if there are more injuries that occur. And, uh, you know, th these guys won't be rusty. They won't be cold. They won't be wondering what the systems are and all this sort of thing. They're learning now. And the fact of the matter is, the, you know, the Leafs are finding themselves and they're winning hockey games while they're doing it. And uh, this bottom six has been really contributing well. Yeah, we're sort of, uh, you know, checking the boxes on voids from previous seasons that would have cost them. And, you know, it's easy to do that when you're seven and two after nine games, but it is a, a noticeable contrast and it's not just in one area. So let's talk about the blue line in the game against Edmonton on Thursday night. There was only one series where they struggled in their own zone and Cassian scored to tie it at three. That was the only self-inflicted part of that game that, you know, you could sense the goal was coming because they just could not get the puck out, which is sort of how they struggled in past years. 
this group, uh, what, it doesn't matter who, who the, the sixth guy is, but especially with uh, Dermot and Bogosian and Muzzin and Hall and Riley and Brody, um, to me, they get better by the game. They participate more in the offense. And in a lot of games, I think in most games, you would say from the blue line in, the Leafs are the better team. I don't know that we ever said that before. No, we, well, if we have, it hasn't been for a long time. And I, I agreed. I mean, you know, we, we had an idea about Brody coming in and where he was going to slot with Riley on the right side. And, you know, they worked a few kinks out early in Ottawa and they've been good. And, you know, I think Zach Bogosian, quite honestly, has been a little bit surprising to me, Jim, because, yeah. yes, he has the run with Tampa and he gets some minutes with Victor Hedman and uh, they win a Stanley Cup. But you still don't know if it's going to be Buffalo Bogosian or Tampa Bogosian, Bogosian that you're getting. And he's held his own. Uh, you know, Dermot, Dermot's been, you know, he sat and, and has come back in. I like the way he has played. Um, I, I, I'm curious to see where they go with Miko Letton in here because, as Keith said the other night, they're still uncomfortable with him, and, and he would believe that he is with the team as well, uh, even though they do know what he can add in the power play. But overall, um, the one getting back to your point, uh, the Leafs just seem to be – well, not seem to be, they are. They're more structured right now as five-man units. And, you know, one thing I thought they improved in from the first game to the second game in Calgary was they didn't give up much through this neutral zone um, uh, in the second game. Um uh, like they did in, in the opening game. And, and defensively, they were just better. And structurally, overall, we've just seen them working more as a five-man unit. Forwards are helping. and But it's starting a lot in the offensive zone. The Leafs' forecheck has been great for the most part. And they're not letting teams get going. And uh, when you can you know, stop them from getting going, even a Connor McDavid, and that's going to be a concentration point again on Saturday, we can stop them from doing those sorts of things. You're going you're to be much better off in your own zone. And, uh, yeah, you're right. The casting goal last night um, – you know, comes after a bit of a struggle, but uh, that certainly wasn't the theme of the night behind the blue line. Yeah, I almost want to uh, apply a basketball approach to Dreisaitl and, and Connor McDavid. Um, you, you, you know, you can't contain them. You can limit the damage, and I think that's how you play against those guys, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, but because you're, they, they all, we all know they're going to get their chances. But the fact is, I mean, even going back to last week, Jim, you, you know, those two games in Toronto and then the one, the first one at Edmonton, you haven't really seen that other than on the power play a bit with David really get going and really wind up, you know, we just haven't seen that out of him yet. And the Leafs, I think have done a heck of a job against them defensively, you know, dry gets a couple last night, but man advantage. And uh, you know, I, like I said, they're just, you know, might it come at some time? Would we be overly surprised if McDavid exploded? Not necessarily because he's the best player on the planet. Uh, but the Leafs have done a good job on him, like I say, at five on five and, and, and being structured. And, uh, you know, um, it, it's a testament to them because you can, you know, you, they always say, well, you have to know where the player is. You have to, you know, time and space, cut those things. But McDavid usually can get past those things. It's not like 30 teams um, aren't trying to defend against them. They just don't do it well. But the Leafs have done a good job of it so far. Okay, so that'll bring us to Freddie Anderson, who has some pressure on him now with, with Jack Campbell down. But as Ralphie said in our broadcast on Thursday night, uh, Freddie is so far ahead of the play with his with his tracking. He, as the shot comes in, he looks at it come into his body or 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 into his glove, and that's that's a guy who is just really ahead mentally of what's happening on the ice. He's a just a pleasure to watch when he's like that. Yeah, he's uh, his positional play has been great, and that tells you where he is mentally. Like you said, just completely in the zone. And, you know, we'll, we'll see where it goes from here. I mean, this Jack Campbell inju injury has upset the apple cart to an extent with the goaltending. 
because as Sheldon Keefe said to us, you know, the plan had been to use Campbell more than just in the back-to-back. So you're giving Anderson the rest. Well, we know they don't have a back-to-back set until February 17th, 18th against Ottawa and Toronto. Uh, but still, you didn't, I don't think they were really looking at that saying, okay, well, well, I know they weren't. Anderson's going to play every game and we're not going to play Campbell at all. So I'll see what that, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with that plan now with Michael Hutchinson, the backup for the next few weeks, uh, at least. But um you know, having said that, the schedule still does it does play in the Leafs' favor. I mean, you know, these two games in, in the same city, a couple of nights apart, uh, you're not traveling, you're getting the rest. Um, you know, assuming Anderson plays Saturday night and uh, the Leafs don't play until Thursday at home against Vancouver. And again, it's every other night. It's not back-to-back. So we could see him for a while, um, and that's fine. Is the save percentage where he wants it to be? No, it isn't. And uh, again, the Leafs are still winning hockey games when – that save percentage for him is below 900. So he, uh, you know, he, he had to come back after last year. We know that. He, he, he showed some in the playoffs, Jim. I thought he was really good against Columbus, not the reason why the Leafs lost. But he, he's come back. He was in Toronto earlier than he usually is for the start of the season. And um, like I've said to you before, you know, Freddie comes off a bit as a bit of a, a, an easygoing guy, and you know, soft-spoken and all that. But there's a fire in him and he would, he, he, he knew what was being said in the off season. He knew there were trade rumors. He knows he's in a contract here, all that sort of thing. The bottom line for him is to want to win hockey games for his teammates. And uh, I think he's been fine so far. Okay. Let's go to the coaching staff and it might be hard to, to rate them, but and there are new faces, some new faces there in, in support roles, but, but in terms of, of what you're seeing the team do, uh, just sort of relate it back to what what the coaching staff is is asking them to do, and and is it somewhat different than in the past, or is it just they're hearing the message now? Well, I, I think that there's there's going to be differences in the power play, especially with Manny Malhotra running it. I mean, there's just there's there's a lot of movement there, and really coming off the blue line. I mean, how many I don't know how many times you've seen Morgan Riley take the puck across the blue line and just start wheeling backwards and just setting everything up, and you know we're seeing the production. Um, you acquire somebody like Wayne Simmons. You don't know how it's going to work. You have a pretty good idea. Well, I would, the Leafs, you probably argue that it's gone better than the Leafs could even hope for in the first nine games. And he scored in three games in a row. And as you mentioned earlier, he has that presence on the power play to just, he just knows. He just absolutely knows to get where to get the stick and all this sort of thing. And, you know, he even gets the, the weird goal off his own skate the other night. But you see the differences there. And, and, and just overall, uh, like I said, there's just, I think it goes back to, you know, part and parcel of the maturity of the players being more structured five on five. Um, but also just the, the, the moves that Keith makes and, and, you know, his confidence in the players and, and, and having Matthews and Marner back together and, and knowing, you know, recognizing their talents, what they're able to do with each other. There's full defensive trust in each of those two now. Um, but even moving the guys in off, off, on the fourth line of that, I mean, let's face it, one of the reasons Keith can do that is because he has the players to do it. Kyle Dubas did a really good job there in getting those players for him. You're not seeing some of these players come in and keeping your fingers crossed and things don't go off the rail that, rails that night. Um, so he's been able to push those buttons properly. And it just, you know, I, there, I think there's a, a healthy mutual respect now between uh, the players and the coaching staff. Um you know, that had whittled away, in, you know, late in the Mike Babcock era, but that was reinstored, if you will, when Mike, when Keith was hired. And, uh, you know, you, you, I just, I just think you're seeing that through the lineup uh, all the way through it. And, um, you know, it's curious too. He keeps learning, still learning at this, obviously he's had the, 
the experience and the winning at other levels, of course, in, in tier two in Pembroke and with the Marlies. And uh, he's going up some good coaches in the North division. No doubt about that. But, uh, you know, Leafs Nation should have a lot of confidence in this guy because he knows what buttons to push. He's tactically good. He knows, you know, so far at least he had the, how to get the best out of his players. And, um, you know, it's working. So, I mean, really after nine games, everything is is positive. And I don't mean to, to rain on that parade, but at some point you're, you're trying to find the legitimacy of it. And, and when you look at the division, you go, okay, so the way it stacks as we speak right now, Toronto and Montreal clearly ahead of everybody else. Yeah. And, and then, you know, what does that mean in the playoffs? Well, it, it may mean a, a great division final, but then when you leave the division, you know, that's the legitimacy, right? And, and so I don't know how to, how to watch what we're watching now and understand what that means down the road when it really counts and you're in the final four. Well, it's hard to know, but you can also apply that to the other three teams that'll be in the final four. So, you know, you know, we'll have to see, but, uh, you know, there's call caller two line, line four. Stop uh, calling me. The, um, the, uh, <laughs> 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 you didn't say it was a call in show, Jim. <laughs> I know, sorry guy. <laughs> but the, you know what? That's okay. I mean, they're going to, they're going to build a resolve against North division teams. I mean, I mean, yeah, you're playing this, but it, it applies for a lot of clubs and, uh, I don't think that's going to be, you know, it's one of those things you can think about when they get to it. And, you know, look what they're doing. I mean, they beat the Calgary Flames twice. You know, more than a few people had the Flames winning the division. They still could. Uh, but, uh, you know, um, the Leafs did well against the team that, uh, you know, people had as favorites. And, you know, Edmund, Edmonton, you know, their defensive problems, obviously their goaltending issue, you know, you wouldn't wish on anybody. Uh, you know, you still – they're. There's no game in this division, I suppose, that's a, a guaranteed win every night. And, um, you know, the, the fact they've got through it with seven wins in, in nine games. And, and yeah, will there be a greater test when they play the Canadians a little bit more, I suppose. But winning these games like, the road, like they are on the road, you, you can't argue with that right now. And I'm sure that they'll say the same thing. Worry about, you know, middle of May once you get there. Terry, apparently you're under siege, so uh, we'll let you go. <laughs> Thanks very much. <laughs> I'll stop calling you now. <laughs> yeah, please. Please do. Or I have to figure out how to work this mute button and still have you hear me, Jim. Okay. Computers, new to these things. Yes, uh, well, okay. Thanks a lot, Terry. Coming up next, Bob McGill from the Leafs Nation Network. So, Bob, when you see this team play, and I've talked about this earlier in the podcast, this is a, a mature team, great chemistry, all the units work together. Very nice to see after what we've been through, isn't it? <laughs> well, you know what? It really is, Jim. And, uh, you know, when you look at the couple of additions, and I think that they've, uh, you know, they've fit in very well. And uh, Zach Bogosian, I think, has really solidified that uh, third defense pairing, uh, I think, which was was a, was a big uh, I think addition to the hockey club, he gives you that penalty killing ability uh, and that little bit of toughness where uh, other other teams, when they come into the Toronto zone, they're looking around a little bit now knowing they've got him. And I think Wayne Simmons has, has fit in uh, tremendously as well now that he's got exactly three goals in three games. And, you know, it's interesting, Jimmy, uh, you know, uh, people in sports, they always talk about this one word that's thrown out there so much, but it's the most talked about word, but it's the most important word confidence and 
you score a goal on Sunday in Calgary, then you get another one Tuesday. Now, well, lo and behold, you got another one on Thursday. So three straight games with the goals for uh, the goal for uh, for Wayne Simmons, and I think that his confidence level, you see it in his play. He's loosened right up. He's feeling it and whatever. Uh, but this is a team now that. Uh, you know, when I look at the way they've won these games, it's they are now finding ways to win instead of playing not to lose, which uh, is a big difference in my mind. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad you opened that door. And I, obviously you, you had a long NHL career, so you played on teams that, that were very good. And so you understand the mindset, the transition from looking for a way to lose to not expecting to win, but doing everything possible to win. That's important, isn't it? Well, it really is, and 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 you, you, the, the the phrase you use that uh, is uh, expecting to win, and it's true. When you play on, like I can remember, you know, you know, going to the conference finals a couple of years in '89 and '90 in Chicago, and the next year we won the President's Trophy, and you went into every game expecting to win, and and I think that the Maple Leafs are starting slowly but surely getting that way because you learn how to win those games, uh, those tight games, those one goal games, as, as every game this year has been pretty much a one goal game that they've won. And so you start out seven and two. Well, now you start to think, Hey, you know what? We've got this, like, you know what we know what to do in this situation. And uh, they're starting to get that, that feeling of, Hey, now you look around and up and down the bench and you're like, Hey guys, come on, you know what to do. Let's bring this home. Let's get the job done. It's fa- it was fascinating to watch for me the the Edmonton Toronto game on Thursday night just because you saw where the Leafs are now and when you watched Edmonton it reminded you of where the Leafs were. Would you agree with that? Well, I mean, yes, yes and no. I mean, the, the one thing uh, you know, I, you know, it's it's like you know, obviously when you brought in you know the Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner's come in and then now then all of a sudden you add John Tavares so now your arsenal is that much greater right uh, and and I think that uh, really what's what's going on in Edmonton is uh, you've got two guys in Drysaitel and Connor McDavid who are the top two players in the National Hockey League essentially uh, but boy, does it drop off from there. So, uh, you know, like they have zero secondary scoring. Uh, I mean, Kyle Turris, they signed in the off season and they thought, oh, geez, you know, Nashville buys him out. We're going to, we're going to sign him. He's going to come in, be our third line centerman. And he's, he should be good for 20 goals and whatever. He's minus nine in nine games. He's got one goal. Like, did you even see him play in the in the three games that they've played against the Oilers so far? Like uh, Jesse Poliarvi comes back from Finland, and and uh, you know he's he's shown a couple of glimpses uh, here and there. Uh, but the Edmonton Oilers, uh, you know, uh, uh, I think when you lose a guy like Oscar Clefbaum on their back end, I think that that really puts a big a damper on on the on their defensive core. And as a result, I think they spend too much time in their own zone. And with Mike Smith out on the shelf, uh, and you've got Miko Koskinen carrying the load, he's played every game, every minute of every game so far. And that's a recipe for disaster in the National Hockey League today because I don't care what anybody says, you need two good goaltenders today, especially with the schedule this year, uh, with the way the games are piled on top of each other. Uh, Let's go to an area near and dear to your heart. The Leafs, I'm going to say this statement, and I'd like your reaction to it. The Leafs, to me, on a nightly basis, are the better team from the blue line in. Would you agree? Yeah, I I, I think they are. They've they've drastically improved, but it doesn't start from just the defensive core. It's a commitment from the whole team is you need your forwards 
to come back and help out. And those wingers got to be strong on the wall to make sure when pucks come around there, they got to get out. So I think that the commitment from, from the start of training camp where Coach Keefe and his staff has emphasized the fact that, you know what, we're going to be uh, better and more responsible defensively because if you work harder, like I always used to have the analogy, business zone was the defensive zone fun zone was the offensive zone so if you want to have some fun you got to take care of business and you'll go and have some more fun and i think that that's uh, a lot of the approach this year with the maple leafs is their defensive core is better and more cohesive and as a result uh, with the help of the forwards they've spent a lot less time in their own end and as a result they're getting and having more fun because they get to play in the opposition zone well and you mentioned this earlier the the the, the last pairing dermot and bogosian really nice and you know you've been there in a playoff series those five six guys yeah you know 12 12 minutes error free and i think you could count on that and the other story on that blue line is there's the brody riley pairing riley being healthy finally reaching his potential yes uh you know at morgan i thought when they had to return to play uh in the fall uh you know that columbus series i thought morgan was absolutely tremendous and uh, whatever was ailing him last year, uh, it had gotten better. And then uh, from the finish of the of the 1920 season uh, and up until coming into this year, he had all that time to train and prepare. And uh, he has gotten his game back to where two years ago, where he was one of the Norris Trophy finalists. Uh, I really believe that uh, he is the cornerstone piece of the franchise uh, on the back end without question. And uh, you bring in TJ Brody and you look at uh, his time playing beside uh, his partner in Calgary, uh, Giordano, and uh, he knows what it's like to play with a number one guy. And it's not about being flashy. It's about being that dependable guy getting the job done and a lot of nights TJ Brody you might not as a casual hockey fan you might notice might not notice that he really played much but that's because he didn't make any mistakes and 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 I think a good defenseman if you don't notice him on a lot a lot of nights it's because he was mistake free and got his job done and I think that that's where that top pairing uh, has has really taken that next step but let's not forget Jake Muzzin and Justin Hall uh, to me uh, that that Number three, four, uh, though that second pair, I'll tell you, Justin Hall, for me, I, I've been a big believer in him from day one that he showed up here in Marley's training camp six years ago. Marley's training camp without a contract. They went out to Newfoundland and played a couple of game exhibition thing. And everybody that went out there, one player came back from there and was signed to an AHL contract. And that was Justin Hall. And uh, three full years with the Marlies under Coach Keefe and wins a Calder Cup championship. And you look at where he is today. Could he be your most dependable defenseman? Almost. And uh, I'll tell you, uh, it's very reassuring as a, with a, as a coaching staff, knowing that your top four are totally solid. And now your third pairing is someone where you can throw out there and you can say, you know what? I'm not too scared if they get caught out there against the team's number one line uh, every now and again, because uh, they've been that dependable. And it's, uh, I think, very reassuring for the hockey club. Well, think of the time when he was a seat filler on this roster. I mean, this guy redefines perseverance. It's a remarkable story, isn't it? Yes, no question. Uh, you know, and it's funny, you know, Mike Babcock, uh, you know, I mean, obviously, I, I think Mike, you know, is a hell of a coach. Obviously, he's proved that throughout. Look at his resume, right? But the one thing I will say about Mike that it was like 
he saw a guy and he made a decision on a guy that this guy can't play or whatever for whatever reason, and he would not change his mind. Well, last year, I mean, his, the first year Justin Hall played in the National Hockey League under Mike Babcock, he played 11 games the whole season. Well, last year, he got sort of forced in there and had to play him because uh, what was going on. And lo and behold, oh, geez, maybe this guy can play. And, and look at him now. Uh, he's one of your – he is a core top four guy on your team. And uh, I think the Maple Leafs uh, uh, were very astute in signing him to that three-year deal before the season ended last year as he looks to be a fixture on the back end uh, helping this team move forward for sure. Okay, I'm going to throw just a final thought at you here, Bobby. Um, you know, it, for me, from the outside, and I've seen this happen in other teams, but you have a frustrated core that that wanted to stylize, and that they've been they've been frustrated enough that they know that that's not the way to go. So they're they're doing the right things at the right time. You bring in the right support players, and and it's I mean, it's uh, the long way to describe it is it's an interesting. A, a sort of collision of, of maturing all at the same time and the pieces showing up at the same time. It, it's, it's like watching the puzzle come together, isn't it? Well, it is. And, 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 you know, uh, the making of a champion doesn't happen overnight. And, uh, you know, you look at the drafts and, 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 Hey, the Maple Leafs, when you look at their, their core group, most of them were drafted here by the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, you throw in now a John Tavares and, and guys like that. And now you've made trades and signed free agent guys. And uh, yes, it's all about finding the right ingredients. And when you've, uh, you know, stumbled in the playoffs or not stumbled, but just not being able to get by that first round uh, each of the last four years. And, and, so now, okay, we've got to mix up the ingredients a little bit and find this piece and this piece. And, uh, and then you've got the fact that you've got a coach who is in his first full year, uh, who's now got the attention of the players, and this is the way I want you to play. And uh, if if you follow my lead, we 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 should have some success. And uh, uh, you know what? Uh, I'm a I'm a big believer in in Sheldon Keefe, Jim. Uh, I, I watched this guy for four years, uh, you know, three plus years in the American Hockey League before he moved up to the NHL, and he could be one of the best I've seen. Uh, he, you know, been around a lot of coaches and uh, his attention to detail. And uh, he is one of those guys. And I love the fact uh, with the, the way the NHL is working this year uh, with these two and three game sets against teams. Uh, he, uh, this is, he, he is, a, a, is such a video guy where he can break down the opposition, different things. And then it's being able to be, implement uh, changes to what transpired from the game before to be able to make us successful the next game. And uh, I think Sheldon, that's where his, one of his strengths is. And uh, uh, I really think that uh, the ingredients of all the different players and, and now with the coaching staff, uh, the way they've got things going, uh, they are definitely, pointed in the right direction and I think this is going to be uh, an exciting year for uh, people here in uh, Leafs Nation. Bobby thanks very much really appreciate it. Jimmy always great to see you young man. Last minute of play in this podcast. There is the time warning from Scotiabank PA announcer Mike Ross. So we got to get this done. Look at these split. The Yes Guy Awards. Freddie Anderson solid has to be with Jack Campbell out but he is really tracking the puck nicely. Yes, guy award to Wayne Simmons. Three straight games with goals. And certainly the right spot at the right time defends or describes what he's doing. Very solid effort from Wayne Simmons. Jason Spezza, very efficient ice time, participates in every facet of the game. Key goal against Edmonton Thursday night. Jason Spezza gets a Yes, guy award. And so does 
Morgan Riley, who gets better by the game. You're finally seeing this talented defenseman reach all his potential. And with T.J. Brody at his side, looks very good on a nightly basis. And the final Yes Guy Award goes to the core players, Barner, Matthews, Tavares, and Nylander. They just seem to know what to do at the right time. We could squeeze one more in the Yes Guy to coach Sheldon Keith. We got it in under the wire. Hope you'll be back with us for episode seven on Tuesday of Leafs Guy. <laughs>